the Sharkakuda. I think that's what we're calling them. Well, they had a great run with, with success. They run into a St. Louis Blues team tonight, hungry and ready to uh, throw everything at them. We'll talk about this game. We'll talk about star players coming to the Pacific Division. Uh, yeah, great. Right now, this is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, November 4th, 2021. The San Jose Sharkakuda lose to the St. Louis Blues 5-3. We welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. And of course, follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Thank you very much for Getting us over 2,500 subscribers means a lot to us. SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Good evening, everyone. Alongside Al Martinet, not Ian Bloggs Hockey, I am Hawkeye14. How are you, bud? Good. How are you? Oh, just fantastic. I, full credit to the guys. They put up a great effort, but um, I'll, I'll be honest here, bud. Uh, I, I had a, I I had a, a little scary flashback that Martin Jones was uh was in net tonight. Yeah, I mean this was almost a flashback to when it was a great game last year when the Sharks and St. Louis played, and it was like a five to six game. Um, of course that was because Jones led in a couple of easy goals, um, because kind of a bad year for Jones to be frank and. We were kind of hoping this was going to be a bounce-back game for Hill, but um, there were a couple of easy ones that we'll get to from Hill that he kind of let in. Yeah, we'll we'll get on to that uh, right now. Of course, welcome to everyone uh, joining us. Appreciate it. If you haven't hit that subscribe button already, please do so. Hit that notification bell. That notifies you when we go live after every game because, you know, it's not predicted after every time. But... Let's get into it, shall we? The Sharks uh, take on the Blues. It's the Sharks' 10th game for William Eklund. It's his ninth game, so a decision will be made in the next 48 hours between whether or not he stays here, goes back to Europe, stays with the Barracuda. Who knows what's going to happen there? But the Blues coming off of back, coming on to back-to-backs, you know, they lost to LA in a shootout, and with their regular backup, Huso, under COVID protocol. It was a debut of Hofer, Hoffer, whatever you want yep. to call it. We'll call it, I'll go Hofer for longtime 49er fans. No relation to Paul Hofer, the running back that played with the Niners for so many years. <laughs> uh, but uh, he became the 14th. Uh, uh, goaltender to make his NHL debut against the Sharks. They were 3-3-1 and uh, going into tonight. So only half of them got a decision out of it. But uh, let's get at it. A, a crazy sequence, Al. I mean, it, my goodness. From from like the 4.50 mark to the 10-minute mark, you know, we saw a total of four penalties 
and two goals. <laughs> it, it was just insane there. You know, Peterson takes an interference call early on. Then Bushnevich takes a boarding call on Malosh. Tarasenko oh. tells the referee to F off. He gets a penalty. <laughs> so so <laughs> the Sharks literally go from five on four to four on three. And, you know, took a little bit of iffiness there. Then Barbashev, who some of you know, tried to take out Tomas Hurdle in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, high sticks Logan Couture. Uh, he gets a double minor for that. And then the Sharks bang in Brent Burns, his first of the season, to make it one nothing. Uh solid goal there. Burnsy with a nice little clapper. He's not usually known for his clapper. He's usually just throwing those at the net. So good to see. It's still a better start for him this year compared to um, 2020, where it took him almost until... I would say December, where he started for score his first goal. Um, you know, even though like we don't, Eric Carlson is still out, I mean, they, we still have Timo Meyer out, Eric Carlson out, some of our key starters out because of COVID protocols. Um, Bob Budner is still out because of COVID. Um, there's a lot of this is an injured shark squad right now, and considered of all the circumstances, this is. I thought the Sharks played pretty well considering everything. Yeah, I mean they they uh, they looked really good early on, uh, definitely dominating uh, the Blues. I think it was at one time like ten uh, two, yeah. you know, uh, and it was crazy because they were just throwing pucks on net. And Hofer, to his credit, had some nice saves and even you know used his his skate going backwards to make a skate save to keep them in the game unfortunately it doesn't last long it, that's exactly 10 minute mark brandon sod uh you know with a nice shot that beats aiden hill to make it 1-1 on there was a shorthanded goal from bozak kneel before sod no i don't want to kneel before him and i don't want to <laughs> kneel after him so, uh, just a tough one there and it was started kind of a rough night for aiden hill you mean like honestly i didn't think this was that bad um again it's still shorthanded and it's on the power play which is even worse um but this wasn't his worst goal he let in um what we'll get to get into is just his lack of confidence in the second period um and i thought that the sharks response on both when the sharks were down one two and two three was was actually really good to see um, that's something you just wouldn't get last year when, honestly, it would have been a score of one to five at this point um, early on, yeah. especially with the way things are with just how young they are and lack of depth. And just, you know, trying to piece together a team at this point, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, Artemi Kanaisev, uh making his NHL debut on this night, so. Moving onward, you know, after the one-one goal, you know, Ferraro takes a bad holding call. I think he just got beat, and that was a really uh, rough one. So, St. Louis with the power play, but Couture says, "Oh yeah, you're gonna high stick me and and that." So, uh, you know, he makes it a nice shot. Rudolph Spalsers with the assist. Couture his fourth of the year to give them a two-one lead. 
going into the intermission. Love to see it. Couture coming back with it. Thankfully, not bleeding, and I believe he had all his teeth after that high stick. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but um, the theme with Couture is just he's been playing pretty well this season, and he scored a really good goal on like an high blues power play shorthand, just stripping the puck from I forget who it was, um, but it was from a blues defenseman, I believe. And he's just risking it. Um, really great to see. And honestly, he's been the captain this year on and off the ice, not just blasting Sharks players through the media, which I think he's done a better job leading on the ice. Yeah. And I think uh, with the locker room as it is right now, I think it really goes to show um, he's having the most fun. He said, you know, and that seems to be fun and a smile and everything in the with the theme this year with the Sharks uh, that, you know, he's experiencing and can be more of a true leader where he's, you know, focusing on some of his gameplay. Now, granted, he's a great two way player, but focusing more yeah. on the offensive ability, not having to be out there 20, 30 minutes, you know, unlike some defensemen that plays for this team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only oct. It's actually November now. Excuse me, it's November, and Brent Burns' time on ice. Um, I'm just going to do a quick check, but I believe it was some somewhere in the range of 26. Yeah, um, Mario Ferraro was somewhere in the range of 23. Uh, again, no Eric Carlson, um, no Velasic. Um, so you're obviously going to play those guys more, but. Um, it's only November and you're still kind of taxing Brent Burns that much. Um, I can't recall a single game this year when Brent Burns played less than 20 minutes. I, yeah, but, no. <laughs> um, I just, it's a bad recipe this early on. Um, and I get it. You won't, not just 20 minutes, but you get the point, like 22, 23, like don't, don't kill your star players out this early. Yeah. So uh, we will, uh, Trent, in the chat, get you loud and clear. We'll get to you your Please. question. Please, I will talk about yeah. that at the very, very we'll end. I that, do okay? not. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. God. So, <laughs> moving onward to the second period. Uh, you know, St. Louis kind of came out with it. I think. They had like uh, 12 shots in the second, really started taking over this game. Bushnevich, you know, makes it, ties it up 2-2. But then the Sharks had that resiliency, which we keep seeing over and over and over again this season. And especially in this last, in these last three games where they've dealt with the COVID protocols uh, issue, you know, um, you know, uh, Nick Merkley, no relation. Again, I think that's probably going to become part of the Sharks drinking game. You know, it used to be when you mention, you know, Zivanik Mihalik, you know, the brother of Milano Mihalik. Now it's Nick Merkley, no relation to Ryan Merkley. You could take your shot. That'll make it for all the games that you lose with the Desert Dogs not being in the division. Oh, wait, sorry. Moving onward. But yes. Nick, but Nick Merkley deflecting a shot from Ferraro. And Burns, Burns with the two point night, but Nick Merkley getting on the board. How you doing? Good to see you. 
Uh, I mean, honestly, just a simple tip. Uh, I'm just going to call it the Pavelski tip in front of the net. Um, it, it's a simple play in the front of the net, and it's the basics. It's a fundamental play around the net, um, screen the goalie. Um, I'm, the fundamentals are there, and I'm glad the young players are picking them up. Um, it's something that you just didn't see last year, and I'm glad he got his first goal. Um, hopefully we see more. Uh, his first as a shark, he had a few with New Jersey, among others, to uh, make it a, a 3-2 game. But then the Sharks started getting into a little bit of trouble here. Weatherby takes a cross-checking call after Neil takes down Godot. <laughs> Gonna try this again here. <laughs> I should know. I should buy these vowels when I was on Wheel of Fortune. Godovich. There we go. Uh, Neil takes down Godovich. Weatherby's like, oh, yeah, here's a cross-check. Of course, the refs yeah. called the second part, and of course, it sets up for the Sharks' power play, or uh, sorry, a St. Louis power play. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, uh, they don't get anything out of it, but they did get momentum, and of course, saw it again. <laughs> His second of uh. one, and, and that makes it uh, a 3 3 game from Thomas and Perron. And then three and a half minutes later, the real deal names Neil. With his game-winning goal, his second of the season. Um, what did you Let's think of just... those two? Okay, so the first sod goal, um, that is just really inexcusable. Um, we're talking about the Sharks having the lead 3-2 at that point. Um, it's about like midway through the second period. And for the most part, I thought the Sharks played pretty well, but when you let in a goal that is almost Martin Jones-esque, um, and even probably worse, like in many regards, you just can't do that. Um, I, I Again, last year I didn't watch any of Aiden Hill's game, but um, this is pretty amateurish. Like just blocker high, and there's no one in front of the net. Like you have to make that save. There's... N- no way of saying otherwise. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just uh just really tough one. Then the four, three, one, that's the one that really pissed me off. Uh, he makes the initial save on, on the shot and then, and then the freaking, uh, you know, he just dekes around dekes him. around him and Hill's just like, goes for the like he's like diving over to make the save when he really doesn't need to go for the diving save just get your leg out you know and said it, it just looked really bad it looked really plain i get that you're trying to make him make the first move but you got to be reactive to that and that wasn't a pretty one um and that I, cost the game i don't feel that bad about that one i thought maybe the defense could have been a little better position but um I kind of knew going in that the Sharks were going to give out a lot of rebounds just because of how small they are. Um, Blues are very big, um, and the Sharks are just going to give up. Like, I mean, maybe that's probably just going to be the big big weakness. Um, maybe you make the first save, but the rebounding just is in the perfect opportunity. Um, and hopefully that's something they clear up either by who they have in in Barracuda or through trade, but um, 
that is going to be one of the, uh, the the team's Achilles heel. If they just if they can't get that secondary save or clear the puck, um, it doesn't really matter who's in net. Um, if, if that's Hill, Raymer, or someone else, right? So, uh, <laughs> just one of those nights, and then of course the third period, the coaches get into the thing and you know bog the thing down. Uh, you know, Miko Kikola, you know, gets a uh, gets a shot in on Couture. Unfortunately, they didn't. Um, they didn't show the replay on it, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it looks, obviously it looks like it's going to be a, uh, big ol', a, a big ol', uh, headhunting fest, which the blues are known by, uh, around these parts, which is a bummer, but, uh. They really held down, and of course, the empty netter for Thomas ends up getting an assist for Hofer. So, congratulations in your first NHL game. You get your first NHL win, and you get your first NHL point. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's one of those that's so sharks that they they lose to a, a, a goaltender making their debut, let alone giving him an assist at the end of the night. I mean, this is a very good blue squad. Um, you know, they are first in the central division um, by three points. Um, you know, it's still very, pretty, very early on. Um, Tarasenko's been, this looks like it's somewhat of a rebuild year, or we can't rebuild a year, but um, what's the word? Um, reset. Reset. Yes. Uh, reset um, <laughs> um considering everything regarding him because he was on the verge of going to seattle um halfway through off season um there was a lot of rumors regarding him but um i i think the sharks played pretty well reg regarding everything um before the game we're talking like seven players you're you're basically an entire line and an entire blue line out um, getting, you know, if Hill wasn't as bad in, in net tonight, I still think you're getting, we're currently in OT and we're at least getting one point. Um, I think Hill was the bigger factor tonight because just letting in that first goal from Saad was just a huge backbreaker and the Sharks just really couldn't recover from it. Especially, um, like, Sharks had a power play, like, at the four the last four minutes of the third period and got nothing from it. Um, there was a pretty good chance from Eklund, but that was it. And you can just kind of sense, like, even though the crowd was 11,000, like, once they got nothing, nothing from it, it was pretty much game over from that point forward. Yeah. And you got to get the crowd into especially, uh, you know, even if it is a sparse crowd, you got to get them into it, which I thought was a little bit larger than it was the other night against uh, Buffalo. Uh, some comments in from the locker room from Aiden Hill. We got away from our identity a little bit. It was a little too run and gun tonight. We have to communicate more. That's an interesting comment coming from the goaltender. So it looks like, and here's the tough part. 
Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll leave. Bye. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, uh, I guess there wasn't exactly the best communication on, on there with the team tonight. Uh, Merkley, a couple of bad bounces. I don't want to make excuses, but you want to come out with a win, and sometimes you come up short. Uh, that that doesn't seem, you know, like cliche <laughs> hockey talk afterwards. Couture, I'm fine. Yeah, he did have that nasty hit um, in the second period or third period, um, and there wasn't really a good angle, but you could just hear the loud noise. Uh, either it was his helmet hitting the glass mm-hmm. or his body hitting the glass, but he went directly in the locker room, and I don't think he came back afterwards. Um, so if he's saying he's fine, that's a good sign. But that could mean that I'm fine and I'm not losing my entire jaw this time. I'm just, I'm that's, fine. That's good. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, yeah, that poor guy, I swear, he just needs a permanent face mask. I, I don't care. We're just for the sake of your, of keeping your, your face this, the same way as it was. You know, come on, man. <laughs> uh, Couture went on to say Eklund is so agile and crafty, moves around the ice very well. He's going to be one of those guys that's very effective. So I'll ask you this question now. This was his ninth game. He has four assists, no goals yet. Uh, what do you do if you were Sharks management? Are you keeping him up? Are you sending him to the CUDA? Are you sending him to Europe? What do you, what do you say? What do you think is in the minds of the Sharks right now? You have to keep him up. Like, there's no, there's no way around it. Like, I think Eklund's been playing pretty well. Um, and also, I think it's a point to remember that there's no Kane. There's you're down Meyer, down a bunch of Sharks key forwards. Um, I think it's important just to, even if he struggles, have let him have a couple of nights off. Um, he hasn't been that bad. Um, and I'm not too sure what's in the Barracuda pipeline, but right now I think he's been playing pretty well. Um, there's been times that he's shown flashes of it. He's been deking out NHL forwards. Um, he's played pretty well. I, I, I don't have any real complaints. Um, if you're saying that, you know, Deline or Dolan has been playing better than him, that that's really not like, so what? Um, but getting two rookie forwards to be playing your top six is whatever. Yeah. No, I, I get you on that. Steve Rector kind of, ha- I think saying the same thing here as well, along with Hills, uh, you know, net minding, hopefully just hiccups. Reimer has been uh, much more stable so far though. Uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you if you want to look at it, like who has Hill played against? He's played against um, Boston, Winnipeg, Toronto, Toronto, but got pulled against to Boston, um, and then the Mont- Montreal game at home. Yep. Yeah. So and and then Reimer has been playing mostly below five hundred teams. So that would be my only argument against Reimer is who has he played against? Um, you know, like I like Reimer a lot. I think he's been more consistent. And if that's what the Sharks need, then you play him more. And this was definitely a very bad game, of course, for Hill. 
Um, I think we've made that point very clear. Um, but I think there is more of an upside with Hill than Reimer, and that's more of the attractive option. We've said that about Jones last year. Um, you know, the the thing about Jones and Dell was that was more of the bar that will always get you, you know, the save that you need. But Jones will always he will make the highlight save <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, that's what it remains to be seen. I know Hetty uh, was on Sirius XM radio earlier saying, "Send him back down. Don't rush him." I I'm like. Again, it's who's t- in the pipeline? Like, I, I hate to be like, I'm the wrong dude to be on here because I just don't know who's in the Barracuda system. Um, and I don't really have had many issues with Eklund's game. I think he's been pretty good. I think he's shown rookies flashes, and he's also shown that he's definitely not been, I mean, he's definitely shown the rookie stages, but mm-hmm. just let him work it out. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, Patty didn't not to compare him to Patrick Marlowe, but Patty didn't get on the board right away. So uh, give him time. I mean, at this point, I think he made the commitment to be over here. So you hope that he's uh, with the with the team uh, this Saturday as they close out the uh, homestand against New Jersey. Uh, Ricky Barton Slager, Yo Hill was was bad, but don't get Magna. Duke got himself benched for a bit there, and they were running with Merkley and, and Kanaijev. Uh, Kanaijev played just a scotch under, uh, where is it, 12 minutes tonight. Magna was 16-11. Uh, you, you know, it's the tough part is is that you have all these guys, you have four defensemen, uh, not to harpen on this over and over again, but you have four defensemen that, let's be honest, uh, if it weren't for COVID, wouldn't be here right now. I mean, Merkley's looked fairly decent, although he got stuck out there for like uh, almost a minute and a half, two minutes when uh, Aiden Hill's throwing blockers at uh, <laughs> Blues players in, yeah. in the third period. Um, you know, but uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to it's tough to say. You know, where yeah, and I don't think you can blame it on just one person. I, I think this is just a you know, as great as the two team wins have been uh, against Winnipeg and Buffalo, this is a team loss. I, I don't think it was like, you know, not one person blowing this game. And even as much as we can put the blame on, on Hill for having a uh, Joner, you know, impression, uh, it, this goes all around. I mean, Hurdle had some flashes, but he wasn't all there. Um you know. I, I think this was a this was a game that I that feels very winnable, and that's why it feels so frustrating. Like if, and that's why we put so much so much of this loss on Hill because, at least for me, I put so much of it on Hill because, um, if one play goes the other way, it definitely feels like the Sharks could have gotten two points out of it. And you know, I personally don't think the Sharks are going to make the playoffs, but if the Sharks get maybe two or three games swung the other way, we're definitely thinking, you know, maybe that maybe they can possibly have some playoff momentum going uh, for the Sharks' direction. So, um, 
that's just my frustration right now right now with the sharks yeah no they're, they've been right into this and that in and that's the tough part so uh if you know it, it's tough because you see on the stat sheet and and you again plus my those a great stat but you know Merkley, Kanijev, Malosh, minus two, all of them on the night. You know, Barabanov, uh, while he has an assist, he was a minus two. Tomas Hurdle was a minus four. Um, you know, so it was a rough night. And and then Malosh went with uh, three giveaways on defense. Yeah, so a tough one so, to take, but hey, yeah. he, he, this is kind of what we expected with the Sharkakuta going on. Uh, with that, so so six and four points. Uh, for now, you are sitting in a, you were entered the night in the three spot in the uh, Pacific. Uh, we'll we'll get to if they hung on to that in a little bit. Um, looking, if you want that, you know what you need to do. Venmo us at Teal Town to say if you want your favorite segment coming up. So there's that. The Sharks. Uh, Lose five three to the Blues. the The Blues are now five zero and two since twenty twenty nineteen in San Jose. Not counting the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's tough, but like I said, it's been it's been a good one. Uh, they they showed some resiliency, but then the Blues just shut it down at the end. And uh, you know, it is what it is. But. Moving onward, um, so you and I were both up at the time that this this Jack Eichel trade came down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like um, for context, I do work in the on a morning shift, so um, when earlier than this me, happened, which I is saw, crazy. Yeah. Um. So, okay, if you could bring up the Eichel, some the info. Eichel news thing, but. Yeah, um, so Jack Eichel got traded for a to the Golden Knights for a. It's for the, it's so it's Eichel in a in a conditional twenty twenty three third round pick, uh, yeah. going to Vegas for uh, Alex Tuck, Krebs, uh, and a future first and second round pick, uh, which is top ten protected. So, uh, yeah. worst of it, it'll be a, a twenty twenty three first and a 2024 second or if the knights do what the knights do uh and and just fall apart uh you know then it'll move up move down a year later so uh i like this trade for um the savers and like they got a lot back um i like this also for just eichel himself because um eichel was not allowed to essentially get the surgery he wanted um, he's been in essentially in pain for a while now. So, um, now that he can actually control his body and actually get the help things needed, um, he'll be out for the la- next three to five months from what I've been hearing. So if that's true, then he'll be out until February, um, which is kind of a lot for what I'm, for what Vegas is up because if <laughs> Vegas right now is, Currently, the bottom of the Pacific. If I'm reading this right, um, they are. Well, they're they're sitting, um, you know, because of goal differential, 
they're sitting just on the outside looking in on on a wild card spot at 10 points but they still gave up you know alex tuck pain crips who i like a lot um but again they've traded another first round draft pick um Hopefully this is not going to be another Montreal situation that bites um, Vegas in the butt again like they did last year. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, again, we wouldn't mind it. Let's be honest. But again, this is another huge gamble for Vegas because like you don't know how the surgery is going to play out. Plus, like, like this is a ten million cap hit for a player that hasn't played hockey for almost two years for the next five years also yeah. um and like there's a lot of like what ifs for this trade like this trade could really hamper vegas going forward um it's a good it, it it could potentially be a great thing if you're just solely a sharks fan um which hi welcome to teal town after <laughs> <laughs> but um like the only reason they're able to really make this trade is because like Mark Stone is on LTIR, uh, Alex, um, I forget his last name. Alex, uh, well, Tuck is now with Buffalo. I think you're thinking of like William Carlson and Max Pacioretty and yeah, Max Max Pacioretty is also on LTIR. So they have 27 million on on LTIR right now. <laughs> so like, of course they have plenty of room, but like they can't keep all of the they can't keep those three players on that roster together they're gonna have to decide between two of those three and of course they're gonna choose mark stone and jack eichel so yeah so remain to be seen uh as how this will go down uh once eichel is ready to go and heck when whenever patch ready or stone are ready to go uh you know and don't forget uh, alex petrangelo uh, this team is loaded. They should win the cup. Uh, they're in win now mode, so they honestly don't give a crap about first round picks. And they stockpiled picks at the wazoo thanks to their expansion draft because GMs were being dumb and they felt dumb, you know. So I just don't think that this team is like any better than that it was last year, though. That's I guess that's my my look at it right now because. Which wasn't a really a bad team. I, I think. Yeah. I think the division helps them. Um, you know, dumbs down their success. I think, and and honestly, I think they were prepping for Montreal, and Montreal has been a little more battle tested. And uh, Hockey Jerk is saying, I said two years. It feels like it's been two years, but it's only been eight months since <laughs> uh, Eichel has been out yeah but uh apologies for for that but it has really felt like two years um but yeah still three to five months um at most it's going to be february march but like you're not going to get them back full speed for the playoff run or like for playoffs and when you do you think you're gonna like you're gonna see teams at 100 per speed going against jack eagle that just seems like a bad uh, that, that just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. It's going to be interesting. It's uh, let's let's put it at that. It's going to be an interesting time once uh, Vegas gets all, gets healthy and they make the run. 
Um, this is year five. They wanted to win a cup within their first five, six years. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, one more comment coming in from the locker room, Logan Couture and William Eklund. It's tough when you're playing in this league at 18 or 19 years old. He's showing that he can do it. He's shown he's proved that he can play in the NHL. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously the captain giving a vote of confidence on Eklund. So we'll see if that happens on this one. So, well, with that, I think uh, besides, you know, mentioning that Marion Gabrick uh, finally retired, it's only been three years. And I think he was like... <laughs> A member of the Tampa Bay Lightning for for that amount of time, or I think, if I'm not mistaken, or uh, Arizona. LTIR. Oh, good LTIR old LTIR. Boy, they didn't fix that during the CBA, did you? Yeah. Well, nope. <laughs> he last played with with Ottawa in 2017-18, uh, and he called it a career. Scored the first goal in Minnesota Wild history uh, as their number one pick. So. So, uh, Ricky mentioning on uh, how Blickfield should be in over uh, Eklund. You know, he's a finishing winger. We are overloaded on playmakers. Mm, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> sure, um, but I still like Eklund, and who cares? <laughs> okay, <laughs> great, great take there, Al. I don't, there is no, there is no, there is nothing to back up my take, and I don't really care about Blake Bill, so too bad. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sometimes I have some like sometimes I actually have some like legitimate evidence, but this time I just don't. No. I'm, I'll let you uh, do that one. So. Um... <laughs> All right, with that, I think we should get out of here. Uh, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and always available at tealtownusa.com. Saturday night, the Sharks will close out their homestand against the New Jersey Devils. That is a 7.30 start. I'll be in attendance, so you'll be be with uh eric landy i believe ian will also be on there uh so you don't have to deal with my face unless you're at the tank come say hi tell much tell me how uh appreciate you all <laughs> so uh it'll be fun to enjoy the game uh in attendance and uh you know for eleven thousand, maybe i can move down i don't know <laughs> so uh with that al your final thoughts and where the people can find you I was debating about what my final thoughts would be jumping onto this, but I figured since someone asked me about the Chicago situation again, I figured that would be the best. Because normally we just, we just kind of repeat what we kind of just been saying for the last 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> However, um, on Monday, Gary Bettman had his press conference about the whole Chicago situation. I do recommend you at least watching some of it. But however, I honestly, for 45 minutes, um, it really never felt like a honest upon apology to anything that ha that happened in 2010. It honestly felt like a cover up and anyone that's been following cover ups knows that anytime you cover up something, it's always worse. 
And this situation is going to burn out the hardcore of hockey fans. And hockey is already a niche sport or a niche sport, excuse me. So I don't know where I stand with hockey. It's it's continuing to be a, a sport that seems like it's always getting harder and harder to watch. And I don't know. So uh, the situation is kind of so. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, but all right, bud. You know, I get you. He's at Al Martinet on Twitter. I'm at Puckguy14 on Twitter and Instagram. We will be back with you Saturday night following Sharks and Devils, a 7:30 puck drop. Um, with you, I, I think it's just ridiculous that Bettman and and uh, Bill Daly press conference was ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I, they're not going anywhere. They weren't going to say anything. They weren't going to have an admission of guilt or any of that crap. Uh, Donald Fear with the NHLPA, you, you happen to forget. It's amazing how all these these attorneys, you know, don't have uh, uh, good memories. So... With that, we'll get out of here. Uh, Again, Sharks and Devils on Saturday. We'll be back with you for that. And until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you on Saturday night.